Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. If you listen to All About Fitness, if you appreciate the podcast and you find you're learning a lot of information about exercise and fitness, please do us a favor. You see a little review thing down there that you're however you're listening to this? Can you reach down and just give us a little five-star review? Reviews are the currency of the internet. I'm not going to charge for content. I'm never going to put All About Fitness behind a paywall because I want you to learn this information so you can use it to enhance your quality of life. The only thing I'm going to ask for is that you give a review, let other people know how you're enjoying All About Fitness, and that you do see value in it. So that aside, thank you very much. This guest is a lot of fun to catch up with. His name is Jesse Ollinger. And I'm looking at doing a series of people like Jesse because Jesse played, uh, he, he was a professional football player. He played in the NFL with a couple different teams. He was a kicker. And what I want to do is I wanted, you know, I had Todd Clever on and I want you to hear kind of life after professional rugby. I, Jesse, one of the reasons I want to interview Jesse is kind of like life as a professional athlete. And what do professional athletes do after? So time from time to time on All About Fitness, you're going to hear me interview professional athletes because we look at professional athletes as the paradigm of fitness, right? Is these are people who get paid to, to be fit. These are people who get paid to exercise and train for a living. That's their job, right? They got to, you know, if you're, if you're playing in the NFL, if you're a professional athlete, you have to be at the top of your game. And so what I want to do in All About Fitness, though, is talk to a few athletes about what happens to them after they retire from the sport. How do they carry on what they learn from the sport into what they're doing now? It's a little bit different with Jesse. With Jesse, I was introduced to Jesse, uh, a mutual friend, one of the companies I consult with, knew Jesse. And Jesse has a really cool product out. He has a really cool piece of equipment. And I try not to, I'm all about, when I interview somebody like this, folks, it's because I'm trying to introduce you to a concept or I'm trying to introduce you maybe to a new type of equipment and not necessarily the piece of equipment. But I think this, this is actually really cool. Jesse sent me one of his early models and put me through some stuff, and it really, it makes a difference. So Jesse created something called the Breath Belt. And in the conversation today, you'll hear Jesse talk about his journey, about how he went from injury to realizing how he could be training much better and much safer. And so now Jesse created this Breath Belt, and it's doing gangbusters. He's introduced it to a few people like me, influencers, but he's getting picked up by military contracts. He's getting picked up. You know, a lot of people are out there looking at what he's developing, going, wow, this is a missing thing. On this episode, you're going to hear Jesse and I talk about his product, the Breath Belt. And you're going to hear Jesse talk about the benefits of using the Breath Belt. Now, the next episode of All About Fitness, I'm going to post with, with a colleague of mine named Sam Barry. I'm going to go into a little more, more information on breath work and why you should be paying attention to how you breathe when you exercise. All that aside, let's get ready for a phenomenal conversation with former NFL kicker and creator of the Breath Belt, Jesse Ollinger. I'm Pete McCall with the All About Fitness Podcast, speaking today with Jesse Ollinger. And Jesse, what's, what was your athletic background? As we get into the discussion today, it's always fun to speak with guys that have your experience. But you know, as we talk about what you're doing now, what was your, your background as an athlete? My background was I uh, worked my way up. I was a kicker and punter uh university of miami and then i was uh, bouncing around the nfl for three or four years um as a kicker and punter and kickoff specialist so you're actually a professional football player i i, I love that because you know that's what every every little boy's dream right of course well i wish you know i probably made more of my injury settlement that i did in three or four years around but i still got those memories they're locked inside my brain so they're not going anywhere <laughs> well well i mean but but to take a step back you know and then take a look at it from a serious standpoint 
because you, if you if you played and kicked it, well, first of all, the question I have is why do kickers always get such a hard time? Why do why do <laughs> kickers like why is it traditionally that the kicker is like kind of the brunt of all the team jokes? Well, this is this is actually part of the reason why you know the breath belt was formed, and you know, in on one side of it, you know, everyone's like, oh, the kicker's a head case, but in reality, when you start learning about the glute firing patterns and you know the diaphragm and stuff like that, and bad movement patterns, you kind of realize that when you're just doing an explosive rotation movement and there's no coaches around to actually help you from a young age, your body is just basically breaking down from the inside out. <laughs> so. While people think it's, you know, they're a head case, a lot of times people just aren't, you know, confident. Kicks and punters aren't confident even in their stance. They just don't feel solid. Kind of like when people just have bad posture, they just, you know, don't feel confident. So that's, that's, that's kind of the background of it. <laughs> well, no, because that's a great segue, Jesse, right, for what we're going to talk about with the benefits of what you created. But when you look at what a kicker does, a kicker has a very repetitive movement pattern. Like there's not a lot of variability a kicker has maybe, you know, a couple times a game where they're going to come out and have a difference. And you have to be able to do the same performance or the same mechanics over and over again. Of with course. And being able to focus on the distractions. So and you got to have the... Well, real quick, the reason why I, ask, why, why I say that is if you don't have the proper mechanics, if you don't have the proper movement mechanics, how bad is that for your body? How, how does it affect you as a, as a kicker? Well, it's horrible. And, you know, just, you know, I've heard, heard you with so many great guests on, on the show. Um, you know, you know, master athletes are just master compensators at the end of the day. Like you're just going to get the job done. And of course, when you're playing a sport like that and you want to go to a high level, you never say you're injured because chances are, especially as a kicker punter, they don't know how to fix you anyway because it's such a specific. Uh, position to coach and of course everybody's different everyone comes with a different athletic background so yeah it's it's just tricky you know it's kind of like controlled theory you know you really you have to stay controlled for that 1.3 seconds and then an explosion and so if the setup's not there the explosion's usually got some holes in it and so what what type of injuries did you experience i mean obviously you know is, you know is it, you're not going to get the same sort of injuries as like a lineman or, or somebody you know making collisions every play, however many snaps a game. But there are some injuries that can happen to kickers, and you experience some, correct? Of, of course, of course. So, you know, the typical, the typical is, a, you know, either low back injuries or, you know, quad tears. That's either quad tear and a hip flexor tear. Um, you know, for me personally, uh, I was a rotation athlete my whole life. I was kind of raised happily as a baseball player. So I actually went to University of Miami to play baseball. But, you know, pitching uh, right to left, hitting uh, right to left, then kicking, punting. And I was, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm, I'm like, at the time I was like six, four, two thirty-five. but all the kickers were pretty small back then, you know, that everybody's bigger now, but, uh, it's just a lot of wear and tear on your body. And you, you know, once the neurology kind of tissues get tight and, you know, neurology gets squeezed, you know, your, your glutes don't really do the job they're supposed to. It's being taken over by things like the hamstring and, um, on the inside of the body, muscles like the QL and the psoas really get tight and short, which just wreaks havoc on all systems of your body, not just the movement. And see, that's what I, you know, that's kind of the interesting thing about talking to you, about talking with you, right, is that you've heard me interview people on the show that we go through this in theory. You've heard me interview like Rodney Korn talking about fascia mobility, and you experienced it firsthand. So yes. just having a muscle imbalance, like, because a lot of people, Jesse, that listen to the show are also personal trainers, and I know they study about muscle imbalances. 
but how debilitating was that muscle imbalance? And, and is it a is it something that occurs in other people, not just kickers? Everybody. I mean, everybody with back pain, you know, there's, there's so many, you know, there's so many ways we could take this conversation, but kicker, you know, kicker specific, it's a rotation, um, sport. So usually your kicking side, you know, usually your kicking side gets, gets injured. And what people don't understand, something that's very common in all sports, people don't really know what the working hip is. And so, you know, the working hip is usually one on the ground. So what, let's just say you're doing a layup in basketball and you're jumping off your left leg, your right knee comes up in the air. People would assume the one that's doing all the work is the, the one up in the air, but it's always the one on the ground. But of course, if people, you know, if you're, if you've got some hip compensation issues, you're really never get, you know, what, what the doctors are called double hamstring driver, you know, hamstring is doing the glutes job. You're never really getting good hip extension anywhere. So it's like, it doesn't matter if you're playing rugby, if you're jumping, or even if you're bow hunting, <laughs> if you're, you know, if your glute psoas relationship, uh, isn't working together, it's going to affect your transverse abdominis, your, the way your diaphragm moves. And, you know, everyone's just trying to optimize whether the personal training or, or athlete, we all just want to feel stable and, you know, move to the best of our, our ability. So, you know, in a perfect world, we'd have these perfect firing patterns, but we don't, we all, you know, have our own unique lives and we're just trying to do the best we can. And, you know, for listeners, you know, if you can imagine the concept, say you take a biceps curl, you take your elbow and you hold your elbow partially bent. If your hip is doing that throughout the day because you're seated, those muscles aren't going to work correctly. And especially in a sport like kicking, it's going to really have a debilitating effect if you get that, if you get muscle imbalance. So what did you create, Jesse? How did you start working with your back pain and what you experienced with your hip issues? What did you create that kind of helped you starting just raising awareness and learning how to correct your movement patterns? So long story short, you know, after, after you start, after I slowed down, um, I, I, I went, uh, I failed a couple of physicals in the NFL and then I went and tried to go play up in, uh, Canada and then I just failed the physicals. I couldn't go any further. So I had what's called a, a three hab. So what I call three hab is what I call when you go to rehab, spend all your money and it gets worse. So you go back to rehab and it gets worse and they go back to rehab and it gets worse. And so at the time, you know, I was conscious of never once in any exercise did they ever even talk about breathing and never once did I have like whatever, like a seatbelt around my hips to keep my, you know, hip flexors lengthened. So like I, they really weren't solving the problem. They were just making it worse. And I, you know, it's not their fault. It's just the way it was. But what happens is when you stop the rehab, you stop moving everything just closes in on itself. So, you know, I suffered pretty for a long time. You know, a lot of people have suffered back pain and I was one of them. I just had a different route with the professional football to get there. But, you know, it really cost me like five, seven years of just debilitating pain and insomnia. And just, you know, finally, I really started learning, digging into the breath, um, learning the anatomy. Long story short, I just... I finally, about, you know, three or four years ago, somebody said, you know what, just suck it up, wear an SI joint belt for 90 days. And that's what I did full time. So uh, basically an SI joint belt is just, you know, a compression belt around the top of your hips. And what it does is, you know, if you take your fists, if I took my hand, my palms on the outside of your hips and I squeeze them together, chances are you're able to reduce your back pain. But when I took it off, Pete, I realized I was weaker 
And I was like, oh, I'm like, the breathing has to support the hip firing patterns and vice versa. They're interlocked, they're connected. And so I was like, I need a mobile SI joint belt with pockets because something has to be there to turn on the abs. That's how I created the breath belt. Well, and for, for listeners, that's actually, I want to comment on that real quick because there's a you know common misperception that people with back pain might be better off wearing a belt, like wearing a weight belt if they're doing some stuff around their house, when in reality, they'd be much better off learning how to breathe correctly or working on just trying to identify the correct firing patterns of, of their core muscles. Because wearing a belt, just as you mentioned with what you experienced, wearing a belt can turn the muscles off. I mean, it can tell exactly. them to shut down. But with your, your belt, it does something different because when you put me in it, it really – it caused awareness of the respiratory muscles, the way that it pressures on the lower abdomen. It caught, you know, it, and for, for listeners that might not be aware, your diaphragm is the muscle at the base of your lungs that can really control, that can really control inspiration. And so with Jesse's belt, the breath belt, you really feel the pressure, a kind of kinesthetic feedback on the diaphragm to remind people to breathe from there. So why is that so important? Like, what did you realize as you started playing around with this and you started well, developing it? Well, honestly, I knew it right away, like, because basically, you know, long story short, you know, there's a lot of ways, you know, I I got to actually, you know, saying, you know, F it, let's make the prototype. Yeah, I, I would do yoga for years. I'd watch people trying to get myself through pain. And I basically at the, you know, when you do what's called a vinyasa, you go on the ground, you could do like an up dog and I always get shooting back pain. So what I started doing you know, I learned some breath cues from a Brian McKenzie thing and uh, a seminar. And I would put my, when I would go basically my chest to my knees before I do my vinyasa, I would stick my palms all the way to- towards my psoas and obliques. And kind of like, you know, so if anybody puts their hand, you know, the typical uh, breath thing where you put your palms around your, your QL and your psoas, obliques, and cough. <laughs> It, your transverse abdominis kind of contracts. So that would be my starting point. Then I would breathe into my nose and push it out more. I noticed my ribs would drop. And when I would do the vinyasa, no back pain. And I was like, oh, I need this. This has to be done. And that's kind of that's kind of like the background of where it came from. And it, for whatever reason, it's just evolved so much in, in uh, personal training. They've been there to pick it up. And I really, you know, it's not me. I got, you know, just around 5,000 people with a breath belt. Now, I believe it's the fastest way to cue diaphragmatic breathing. And there's, there in anybody, because the second you put it on, you like, whether people realize it or not, there's always intra-abdominal pressure pushing out and gravity's always pushing in. But if you have these compensation patterns, when you dig deeper into the anatomy, they realize how tight their abdominal tissues are all the way, you know, between the rib to hit front to back. So when you loosen those tissues up just a little bit, that diaphragm moves better. And then people really feel that lateral breath that, that so many great educators have spoken about on your on your show. So it, not only does it get that diaphragm moving better, but it's pretty incredible hip hinge tool because when you drop that, that uh, let's just say there's intra-abdominal pressure, the breath belt teaches you how to lower it so it's down towards your pelvic floor as intended, and all of a sudden you have something, to, some tactile feedback to push against to create the perfect hip hinge. So, so many benefits, but you know that's really what it's, we've been going at as, as the you know it really forces you to. People talk about glute activation. This is you know 
uninhibiting your glutes without touching your glutes because people don't understand that psoas glute relationship whoa, whoa, whoa. in the middle of your I, body. I can't touch glutes. I can't cue anybody by touching their glutes anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that should never happen to begin with. But how, what, how quickly, because one of the cool things, Jesse, is when we met, you showed this to me, is there's been a big trend the last maybe few years, two to five years, depending on who you speak with. There's been a, a not a trend, but a raised awareness of inspiratory training or in, training the inspiration muscles or the muscles affiliated with breathing. You've had a number sure. of people coming out, you know, you have Wim Hof, Laird Hamilton talking about, you know, breath control and, um, you know, breath control and, and using respiration muscles. So this is kind of, you're kind of bringing this to market or have brought it to market at a really interesting time. So how quickly has the adaptation been or the adoption been of your breath belt? Because it's been fun to kind of watch watch you grow with what you've been doing. That's what's so crazy about it is because, you know, kind of like the Wim Hof, um, kind of like the Wim Hof breathing, and I've done, you know, I've been doing breath work for years. It is instantaneous. Obviously, feeling is believing. Um, I, I believe that's what he always says. But, like, the second you you put on the breath belt, you feel it. The second you push out on the distraction while breathing in through your nose, you feel your whole posture change in as little as one breath, you know, and if you do, you know, a reverse lunge, you notice before if you're all, you know, hyperextended and, you know, that knee's going crazy. Now you put the, the, the breath belt on that knee drops straight down to the ground because it just it corrects your hip extension with the, it's like a personal trainer, uh, whose hands are on you constantly, except no one to break the touch barrier. So my my biggest problem with all the breath work, because I would do it for years, is I was always laying down. And it, it, the qu- same question would happen. Like, I would do all the breath work, and I'd start the workout, and I'd lose it within like five, ten minutes. The breath belt reinforces it against gravity. It doesn't seem like rocket science, but that's exactly what's happening. It's keeping it. It's keeping it's helping you default to a and stay in a diaphragmatic breathing pattern, even if you're standing up. So, like people don't really understand how how much gravity is affecting it, but when you start learning about these uh, hip firing patterns and compensation patterns and understanding how really tight their abs are, you know, it it kind of makes you open your eyes from the first breath. Just for listeners, if you hear some stuff in the background, and we're not being shot at. I'm just, uh, I'm mobile on the field. We're catching up on the phone and it's actually, it's one of the rare days. It's I think one of the three days this year we've had rain here in Southern California. So that's just rain. That's just this rain coming down. Now with that, what can people like, where can people find out about the breath belt, Jesse? What are you trying to do? Cause you've been, you've been introducing it. I know you, you've, you've had a little bit of, um, you just, you, you've had a lot of fluctuation in, in what you're doing, but how can people find out about the breath belt and what you're doing and, and how it can help them with their performance? Well, if you like, uh, just like I said earlier, you know, if you want to watch the story, because it's, you know, it's all grassroots. I've never paid for an ad or anything. And, uh, you know, uh, Instagram is the main one at the breath belt. And you'll see a recent influx of, you know, we got over 100 D1 teams, uh, Olympic, you know, throwers who are, you know, they, they know their stuff when it comes to strength, as well as uh, the U.S. Army. We, we have a great relationship with them. We've been really um, expanding quick. So uh, that's the uh, Instagram's probably the best one to to follow, and of course the the website is thebreathbelt.com. Dude, that's pretty awesome. Now, finally, since you played both baseball and football to you, are you a fan of the TV show The Ballers or Ballers? Oh, of course, of course. I've uh, is, that, is, that accurate? is that 
is that like an accurate representation of what it's like to be an athlete at the uh, uh, and, and, they, and I don't want to put you down, man. I, I love you, but you may not well, have been in that caliber. So. No, your kickers, you don't. You know, you just order pizza and like stand around on the sidelines. So people don't really. We we don't have those conversations. You make the league minimum, and that's it. So you don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Jesse. I appreciate your time, dude. And I thank you for. Uh, for sharing your experience and it's really cool seeing and, and i mean it man it really is cool seeing what you're doing and seeing how you're bringing a cool little product to market so i just i'm glad to spend a little bit of time with you and help introduce you to listeners and well this is the second time because you're on the ursa show this last year and we did the ursa wrap-up but i'm glad to grab a little more time with you and for listeners i'm going to have uh once jesse gets a couple more things rolling we're going to come back and spend a little bit more time with him um to really go deep uh, a little bit deeper dive into the benefits of uh breath work well, Pete, I'm honored. This show has been really great for me because especially um, as I've been building the business, you know, it's tough to find, you know, people to learn from. But with podcasts, you know, learning from guys like Pete Holman and Randy Hetrick, you hear all these amazing stories of how, how they happen. So, you know, and some of those turn into relationships. So I've learned a ton from your show, and I'm just really honored to to be on here because you had so many incredible guests. Um, do, before. Thank you. Hey, man, I appreciate it. See, hey, listener splattery is everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, but it's, but it's also having a phenomenal story and a killer product. It's, it's having a killer product and a killer concept at the right time to bring it to market. So, hey, all is good, man. I appreciate your time, Jess, and we'll, we'll talk again soon here. Appreciate you. Now, before I get into the wrap-up, again, a quick reminder, if you're looking for a perfect piece of in-home exercise equipment, the breath belt's a great piece of equipment, but it can help give you feedback while you exercise, but you still need equipment that's going to make you sweat and look no further than TerraCore Fitness. The TerraCore is a very diverse, a very wide-ranging platform of fitness. You can stand on it, lie on it, balance, jump, do whatever you want on it. You can use it as a bench, you can use it as a step, you can use it as a balance trainer. There's a reason why Men's Health voted the TerraCore as one of the top 25 pieces of in-home equipment that you must have. Go to TerraCoreFitness.com and use code AAF to save 15% on the purchase of a TerraCore. Again, go to TerraCoreFitness.com and use code AAF to save 15% on the purchase of the TerraCore. Hey, when TerraCore was on the Shark Tank recently, it impressed the shark so much that the Shark Lori made a major investment in the company. So you can be one of the first people to get a TerraCore because it is going to blow up in 2020. TerraCoreFitness.com, use code AAF. And if you're looking for the types of exercise that can not only help keep you fit, but also, and I mean this, slow down the effects of the aging process. Because guess what? We ain't getting any younger, and every day we're getting that much older, and exercise really can mitigate the effects of aging. If you want to learn how and the exercise you should be doing, pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. It'll tell you everything you need to know for mobility workouts, strength training workouts, and metabolic conditioning workouts. That's all the stuff you need to get the results that you want. Smarter Workouts, the science of exercise made simple. It's my 20-something years of experience in the fitness industry in one book that can help you change your life. Check below in the show notes and order one today. That conversation is fun. And, and Jesse's one of these guys. Yeah, this happens, right? People, you see this a lot. You, know, you see athletes that try to get into fitness. And, and I'm not bagging on Jesse, man. I like Jesse a lot. But you see athletes get into fitness and they're like, okay, I was a blank, blank professional athlete and now I'm a fitness expert. And it's like, no, you're an expert at doing fitness, meaning you, you are a skilled mover because Jesse originally went to University of Miami to play baseball. 
and he went from he went to Miami to play baseball and ended up being a kicker, that means he's a good athlete, right? That means he's a really good athlete. And good athletes can't really tell you how to do certain things. They can't. I mean, athletes do things inherently. If you're a good athlete, take a look. This is the reason why Magic Johnson was a horrible coach. Magic Johnson was such a phenomenal athlete, he couldn't explain how to do what he did on the court to other players. And that's why some of the, you know, that's why backup quarterback, who's the guy, Doug Peterson with the Philadelphia Eagles, won a, won a Super Bowl with him, and he played backup quarterback for his career. But he studied the game. As a backup, if you're not a great athlete, and that defines me, I'm not a great athlete, but I had to study the game of rugby in order to become good at it. And so when, when these people make the transition from a professional athlete or a military special operator to the fitness industry, they bring with them this attitude of, okay, I was a Navy SEAL. I know all about fitness. And it's like, you, no, you're an expert at doing fitness. <laughs> you're one of the fittest athletes. You're one of the fittest people on the planet. And yeah, you can do it, but that doesn't mean you know how to communicate the benefits. That doesn't mean you know how to design a program that works. So I always want to say that when I talk to people like Jesse, because he is a skilled athlete. He's a skilled mover. And he has been learning about how the body functions. And he came up with a great way to provide feedback, right? We all breathe. And believe this or not, you might be breathing incorrectly. You know, if you're breathing and you're alive, you're doing something right. You're getting oxygen in, you're getting CO2 out. But a lot of us, if you take a deep breath in, take a deep breath in right now. Are your shoulders going up and down or is your belly going in and out? If your shoulders are going up and down, then you're respirating from your chest. If your belly is going in and out, then you're breathing from your diaphragm. And that's a much more efficient way to breathe. And that's exactly what the breath belt will help you do is a breath belt will cue you to breathe from your diaphragm during upright movement patterns. It's really, really cool. Jesse's on to something there. You know, he kind of stumbled onto something and it, it really works. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm still getting over a cold. Got to bear with me on that. Um, Jesse really stumbled on something that works. It's going to work. You know, I played with it a little bit. It's great feedback. You know, you have to get used to wearing it, but it really does help your, your posture. It really does help your movement. Now, if you're sitting there wondering, why the heck should I care about breathing? The guest, I want you to listen to the next episode of All About Fitness because my guest on there, and I was going to combine them into to one show, but decided not to do that. My guest, next guest on All About Fitness, Sam Barry, goes into some breath work. He studied Wim Hof. He's done education courses on the benefits of breath work. So this episode was introducing you to, to Jesse and his tool called the Breath Belt. The next episode of All About Fitness is with my colleague Sam, and Sam goes into the necessity of why we should be paying attention to how we breathe. You know, all I'm trying to do is give you the information that can help enhance your quality of life. If you're getting a lot out of it, great. I look forward to having you come back. But this episode was introducing you to Jesse, introducing you to a phenomenal tool that I like that that. You know, I think can have make great changes in what we're doing in fitness, and that's the breath belt. Links to that stuff will be below in the show notes. Next episode, really, if you wonder what, why should I be paying attention to breathing, then please, by all means, for the next episode, I really invite you to listen to Sam Bear and I, where Sam and I talk about the role of, of, of breathing and the role of breath work and how breath work can enhance the quality of your fitness program. As always, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, please shoot me an email, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. And guys, thank you for stopping by. And I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.